you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast is working on its mechanics with Tom House. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a stadium filled with heroes. Kevin Patra, Connor Orr, Greg Rosenthal, and... See, I couldn't even do it right. It's just so different than how we usually do it. I'm Dan Hansis. Hello, Dan. We're already screwing up this thing. The so. NFL Scouting Combine uh, is set uh, to begin. In fact, it has, right? The early stages. <laughs> it's off the rails yeah. already. <laughs> yeah, we, there's been like 50 press conferences, but no worries. You know. <laughs> I mean, the on-field work uh, here no. at beautiful Lucas Oil Stadium. That has not started yet. There's been some bench presses and whatnot. I thought when you were going to say, and you were going to talk about the other special guests coming up this show. It is a historic edition of the Around the NFL podcast, sponsored, of course, by Mr. Flames' economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands. Mr. F. Uh, because not only do we have uh, the four horsemen here, uh, we have from the studio in Culver City, uh, we have Chris Wessling and Mark Sessler, who will jump, jump in a little bit later in the show. And then after uh, Wes and Sess, the Kissing Cousins, we'll have Lance Zerline, of NFL.com, one of the draft gurus, mm. a man, Connor Orr, that we, we had a, a drink with at the Shula's Bar at the Westin yesterday. He told us some great stories about Houston and New Orleans. Uh, you enjoyed those stories, <laughs> didn't you, Connor? Yeah, they were my favorite. Yeah. I did. But, Connor making it clear he remembers nothing about this portion <laughs> of the evening. Con- Connor, by the way, again, I think we talked about this <laughs> last year. This is Connor's favorite place in the world. If, if Sydney... Back in L.A., it's Disneyland. For Connor, it's Indianapolis. And I, I just want to share a, a little – this is an actual bit of dialogue when I was walking today from the press conferences, which we're going to get to, all the coaches and executives, uh, to I think we were going to get lunch. Connor said to me, you know, one of the places – and this is going to sound crazy, but one of my favorite places to eat here in Indianapolis is at a Native American museum uh, cafeteria. They have great chili mm. and cornbread. A real thing you said. My knowledge of <laughs> How this town. do you know town, that? My knowledge of this town runs deeper than than anything. You know. So you were just there, you know, being a tourist, and happened to stop at the cafeteria on the way out. Wanted some chili, and you know, everything ended up working out. <laughs> and we got yeah, and we and Patra and Patra also was with us. Uh, Connor showed again. We went to Patsy's. Is that the name of the place? The pizza place? Napoli's. Napoli's. Excuse me. <laughs> We went to, of course, the, the famous uh, cigar bar. These are things that we, we check the box every time we come here. And then tonight, St. Elmo's, we get a nice steak, a little uh, shrimp cocktail, and away we go. Might have a couple drinks, too. I'm going to yeah, miss only it. Only a couple. Yeah. You're going to miss Indianapolis? Like, I'm already, like you, you know when you arrive on vacation and you're like, it's already, it's almost over? Like, the <laughs> second that I got here, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to get to be here for very long. It's like, here's another true Indianapolis story with Connor Orr is that this was before his time at NFL media, but he's a young, hungry journo looking for work. And there was a job offer uh, that came his way to be a reporter in Cincinnati, I believe. 
And one of the pitches you made to your then girlfriend, now fiance, or now wife, is, honey, it's an only, only an hour drive from Indianapolis. <laughs> It's a heck of a pitch, and she was just like, "Well, why? What? What does that? How does that make it any better? You know, uh, doesn't make it worse. Yeah, it didn't. Lo- it, it didn't seal the deal. Apparently, you know. Well, everything ended up working out. It did. So, so you get this vacation every year. So, a lot to get to today. Uh, like I said, the four of us will talk for a bit. Then we'll get Wes and Sess. Then Lance Zerline, and uh, let's get uh, to it um, because uh, La Cid is back in L.A. And we're not going to – are you there, Cindy? Can you talk to us? Yeah, I can. Oh, cool. How are you? Oh, I'm great. There's all sorts of buttons and doodads to make this possible, but we're, do, we're doing good. We're, go, we're great. New Money is on Mount Rushmore for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Brady, who uh, is the, the head podcast poobah, knows Sydney's talents well. This is one of her greatest challenges, a technical masterpiece she's going to put together. I'm going to put the pressure on you, Sid, because I believe. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. It means a lot. All right. All right. Let's get into not the news. There's a lot to get to, but we want the first thing we want to share what we saw in these last Mm. two days. We all got to Indy uh, at some point on Tuesday, I believe. Uh, They had the press conferences for the coaches and executives uh, in a a new area space at the convention center here Um, on Wednesday and Thursday. There will be some more tomorrow, Friday. Um, So, Greg, why don't we start with you? Kind of what was. Maybe your big takeaway, the big news, what's cooking out here in Indianapolis Combine Week? Well, we're going to get into quarterback talk a little bit later with, with you know, Wes and Mark, but I, I think that's probably the headlines out of here, just that the, the feeling after a few days here, and it might be, might be poly, you might be trying to put yourself in a certain position in terms of leverage, that maybe these quarterbacks aren't really going to, change teams as much as we think or at least that's how the teams are trying to position it and court you know coaches and gms when they're at the podiums they're not going to give away too too much but they're holding their cards close to the vest and i think teams like buffalo for instance are realizing well maybe we don't have anything better behind door number two maybe we're going to have to keep tyrod taylor and even if even though we don't really see him as a franchise quarterback because if we did we would just say it we would just say we're, we'd love to keep them. They just are assuming that a week from now they're not going to do any better than Tyrod Taylor, so they might have to keep them. There's so much hot air in the city right now. I'm shocked it's not like wow. 98 degrees outside. They all just <laughs> talk and say nothing. I listened to Sean McVay for 15 minutes today, and it was like going to Coach Speak University. It was li- literally he said nothing for 15 minutes. But he's good at it. He's good at it. He like looks the reporter in That's the eye. That's part of the job. Always calls the reporter by his first name. Um, you know, is very excited. Right. But he just didn't. There's could, no substance to it. Well, you can read between the lines on some things. I mean, like you bring up Kenny Britt, for instance, and they're like, he's going to hit free agency. You know, we're not sure if he fits this system or not. It's like, okay, miles, yeah. we have no or use for Kenny Britt. Uh, you know, there's little things you can you can look into it. I thought the the news, and this came uh, from Adam Schefter of ESPN. Uh, he's he's pounding the table with this. Uh, his tweet uh, from yesterday in a move that will have a ripple effect on all. QB needy teams. Patriots are not expected to trade quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo per league sources. Uh, he came out again and reported something similar, if not stronger today. Uh, you have, you know, other reports, Jeff Howe uh, from the Boston Herald reported uh, or said, you know, you're hearing these reports, but let's not pretend the Patriots are going to hang up the phone when teams call. But that is, this is a major story right now where Garoppolo lands. Do we believe what's going on right now that he might be off the market? 
Does it matter though? I mean, like what I what I say that by this is like Bill Belichick now has this lifetime appointment, and so if he keeps him, it's going to be like classic Bill holding on to great players, and then if he <laughs> trades him, it's like classic Bill getting value for departing talent. And either way, he's not going to be nearly as good as he was in in this Patriots system. He could probably have a serviceable career, and 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 let's move on. You well, know? I I've said all along though, Garoppolo. His deadline is the draft. I never thought he was in play in March. So to me, hearing that they're not going to trade him now, like let's see, let's see what the price could be in April, in the middle of April. Let's see who still needs a quarterback. Then, like I, I think he's kind of last in line behind Glennon and eventually Cutler and Romo and all of those guys. Like Garoppolo is maybe the last guy to to get appointed to a team, and if a team goes crazy and offers them a couple high picks why not right but would it shock you that much if he did stay there I think I mean Brady's will get old at some point and it wouldn't shock if they set up a contract where he gets paid like a very good backup quarterback but it's not going to blow up their cast well they'd like to win the Super Bowl possibly next year if Brady did get hurt that's part of it let's also connect the dots a little bit here and I was wrong about hashtag gradual decline or slight decline slight regression uh but there is a lot of logic to keeping him too, because if you if you kick the, kick the can down the line a year here, and you decide to hold on to him, yes, you're surrendering that first round pick or whatever the bounty is, but it gives you another year to try to figure out: Do we really want to move forward with Tom Brady in his his 40s, or can do we have someone in house that we could pass the torch to? I think if this really is true, if if the Schefter report is accurate, and we'll see if it's accurate. I think it is a bit of a nod towards the Patriots really thinking hard, as great as Tom Brady is, maybe. And perhaps not, not too not, far away. Not trusting Brissett behind him. Not too him. far away. Not trusting Brissett no, behind you, him. You've either. heard those whispers too here. Slice me off a piece of that Jake Brisket. Maybe Jake Brisket isn't somebody that they're in love with, even though you would think that they believe in him as a young draft pick. I, I know, I, Greg. Come on. I mean – Belichick was once quoted talking about the one in 15 Colts season in a very derisive way saying, we, we don't want to be that team. We don't want to lose one player. And then our whole team falls apart. I think they, you know, quarterback is obviously the most important position. I think they want to be in a position where if Tom Brady got hurt or something happened, you know, maybe he's a characterist, gets suspended again. This guy, he's trouble. <laughs> uh, I love that. Let's start that one. You know, Tom Brady characteristic. That they could win a Super Bowl, that they would have a chance to compete for a championship with Garoppolo. I, it's going to be very tricky in, in maybe this will happen in August to work out another contract for Garoppolo. And I think that's probably what they would love to do in, right. in a perfect world. Could they sign him to a three year deal with some sort of option where he can get out if Brady's Why would he want to do that, though? And he could break the bank probably next year if he just if they decide not to trade him. Yeah, he he might not want to, but maybe you could build an out into the contract where he can opt out or it's incentivized if he becomes a starter. Who knows? All right, so that's a that's a major story to keep an eye on. Uh, let's other whispers. <laughs> Saints wide receiver Brandon Cooks name dropped as a potential trade target. Uh, you heard this uh, late last year. And now on Thursday, Rap Sheet reported that Cooks is drawing interest at the Combine. Uh, Chris Mortensen also noted that both the Titans and the Eagles identified as suitors. Uh, what, do, what do we think about this, uh, Kevin Patcher? Is this a, a move? Why would the uh, Saints want to move Brandon Cooks? Well, I think it's one of their few assets. They need to build a defense, and they need to build assets, and that's one of the few He's, he was clear that they have to trade, for one, and he was clearly disgruntled, disgruntled at the end of last year. 
after the Rams game when he said, you know, uh, closed mouths don't get fed. Guthrie <laughs> didn't have a catch. I mean, I think that they might have gotten a little fed up with him once he did that, and it's just time to move on, and they need to get higher draft picks, and they need to build a defense. They have my boy Michael Thomas in there that can be the number one. He's mm. already proven it. Your Is boy. That, yeah. Oh, You're yes. taking ownership. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Of another grown young man. Sure, he would like to know that. Yeah. Kev, That's fine. Rethink I'll talk. I'll, I'll talk to him. Um, We're good. By the way, speaking of Kevin Patro. <laughs> A little bit of heat. I mean, they're, they have the, the bench press. They Everything needs to be blown out. Everything We're doing this instead of the bench press, which I'm disappointed about. And and the, the combine's no difference. You know, opening day became Gatorade-fueled opening night. Uh, or, excuse me, media day became um, opening night fueled by Gatorade featuring the ex-ambassadors. You know, all these things get bigger and bigger. The com- combine's no difference. Now the bench press has an audience. They have two sets of bleachers set up uh, for people to watch the, the prospects here at the Combine uh, do the bench press. And I tweeted out some pictures, and, geez, Andrew Siciliano uh, replied and said, uh, if the ATN podcast guys are involved in a, in a contest, not, my money's on Chris Wessling. Mm. Which, which That just means Andrew is all by himself on the TV side. He has no idea what's going on in the world. That's all. Is. Patrick's so that's all. Upset. That's all that is. Well, I don't why even, don't you go? I don't even take offense to well, it. Well, Wes isn't here, he but know. why don't you go prove it? Because earlier today, I saw some members of the media doing the bench press. Thing. Was it like twenty-five pounds? I don't know what it was. It was set. It was set up. It was out there. It was out there. The Siciliano go on your whiteboard? No. Like I said, he's not close enough to the to the to the vest. <laughs> so Michael, mean, he doesn't mean as much. Michael Thomas, who uh, Patra feels a great affinity towards. Um, he is probably at the center of all this, we would think. Why the, the Saints might feel that he's expendable, right? He had a really nice uh, season in 2016. I've got another theory. Okay, let's hear if it. If you're kind of not in Drew Brees' mm. little clubhouse of boys. You get bounced. Sorry, bye, Jimmy Graham. You might be like a, on your way to a Hall of Fame oh. career. See you later. Oh, Kenny Stills, no, what's going on? Oh, later, Kenny Stills. You're out. It's like this is like the the mafia. It's like every couple of episodes, just one of the big characters. It's like didn't, the Sopranos. You're dead. Didn't you see what Drew Brees said after the Jimmy Graham trade? He had no idea <laughs> that something like that could happen. <laughs> Not true. All right, moving on. <laughs> hey, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are in the midst of uh, attempting to right the ship with Tom Coughlin and uh, on board now, and you got Doug Marone. When I saw Doug Marone, by the way, uh, I walked past him in the hallway, humble brag, and it, I, I had kind of forgotten that he actually got that job. It's still kind of shocking to me that Doug, Doug Marone got this job. Yeah. But that's kind of beside the point. Uh, Connor Orr, you are working on, even if it's in your mind still, a banger about the power structure. Uh, what You had some takeaways about what's going on in Jacksonville based on the last couple of days here in Indy. I think, like, it, at first when we all kind of saw it coming in, they're like, we're going to ship this angry 70-year-old down here and just, like, like a, and the whole thing's going to be like a massive hornet's nest. But the more that I've, like, talked to people this week, like, I actually think everybody's got sort of the right attitude about it. Like, hey, everyone here, like, we can learn from one another. Of course, the best laid plans, you know, can right. always get disrupted. Blake but... Bortles throws six interceptions in the first <laughs> yeah. two weeks, and that's all out the window. But, like, I think it's cool to hear, like, people like, oh, I'm excited to learn from him. Like, he's got some interesting things to tell me. And it's it's one of those things that doesn't feel like lip service. Like, Okay, I was gonna, that was going to be my follow-up. Yeah. Like, what? Wh- why do you believe that it's not that? Like, it feels different to me than, like, Sean McVay being like, it's so good to have Wade Phillips around, and Wade Phillips is like, I should be a head coach, and this guy, you know, 
you know, was old enough to be my grandson. Mm. You know, it feels like it feels different than the last time the Jaguars snowed you under with with their whole <laughs> cell job. It's still on. <laughs> You know, I, and when the Jaguars and the Browns are in the playoffs and everyone's like, oh, okay, when did this happen? You know, I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to have pages of material. For I, you guys. I, I I'm still <laughs> I'm still amazed, though. I asked, you know, in the in that presser, whether there was a scenario Bortles would even be competing for the job. Like every answer at in this week is like every every uh, position's open. It's like every position in the league is open, open to competition except for the Jaguars quarterback. Like he brought that up and he's like, no, nah, you know, you don't really see that. Blake, Blake's our quarterback. Got to like, replace 64 touchdowns. <laughs> where are you, you going to find 64 touchdowns? By the way, Chad Henney, baby. That's some compete competition. Connor, we all, I only get to see you like once or twice a year, and I just want to, as I, I look into those big brown eyes, <laughs> it's so happy. To, I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> it's great to see you, too. Man. 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 Connor's blushing. Got him. Mortgage. <laughs> Drinks the brown stuff and rakes up his foliage. The next beat man turned my not state ballet. Got Super Bowl snubs, so it's Connor Orlando today. <laughs> he got Super Bowl snubs, so it's Connor Orlando today. All right. Are you kidding me? How about the idea that that song becoming a global hit uh, led to you not being snubbed and you're here at the combine? Uh, wow! I think that was part of my plan when I put that on your radar. Mm, yeah, but, you know, I'm you're, thinking I'm you're ten such steps a puppet ahead. master. I'm, you know I'm Bobby I mean? Fisher wearing the Pro Bowl swag right now. So, wow. yeah, I know that's nice. Something came out of Orlando. That was positive. Look at that. The Pro Bowl <laughs> skills coming. In. How about the theory though that the podcast has now turned into, essentially, when we talk, it's a commercial to set up. Some sort of Dan singing sound drop, which is the actual show. Like, we're just here to serve that. You know, I think every show, as it goes on, it kind of uh, evolves. And that's where we are now. <laughs> After, like, four years of kind of mostly football talk, a little bit of mirth, you're, you're nailing it. I'm Thanks. sucking whatever I can out of this, and I'm getting a much better gig. It's going to be fantastic. Um, here's, some other, here's some other information uh, that you need to know. You know, some teams have good quarterback situations. Some teams have bad quarterback situations. The 49ers actually don't have a quarterback situation. <laughs> yeah. Colin Kaepernick, uh, uh, his new agents told all 32 teams on Tuesday that he will be opting out of his contract with the 49ers. This, according to Rap Sheet, he was due to make almost $17 million in salary and bonuses in 2017. This news comes just one week after new GM John Lynch um, said Kaepernick left the team facility, quote, excited following a, quote, positive discussion. And call me – which, by the way, this leaves no quarterbacks under contract. That was the point I was getting to in San Francisco. Black hole of quarterbacks. John Lynch said Nothing. it was somewhat yeah. liberating. Somewhat like liberating. Like it was like it felt free yeah. to have no quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. Well, you say Who that now. Who needs it? Play yeah. without him. Full of you won't feel that way uh, come September probably. But – and I, I didn't think it was necessarily – it felt a little bit of a coincidence and not to – uh, to undercut what Kaepernick did with the kneeling uh, during the national anthem and the, and the statement he was trying to make. And I think it actually led to some discussion, which was good. But I also didn't find it, I found it a little bit coincidental that today there was a report that Colin Kaepernick plans to stand for the national anthem next year. So just in case any of you team owners, Buffalo, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you right leaning mm-hmm. team owners don't want me in your building. I'll stand for the national anthem. I thought that was a little, little, a little bit of a coincidence. No, Greg. That's fair. You're Am quest- I being cynical? You're questioning the man's integrity, but <laughs> he, he does have to go get some money. You know, Lynch said, I don't think it was total lip service. He said that the door was open for Kaepernick 
to return in a very real way was his words. And my the way I took that was if he doesn't get any other jobs, he could probably come back there on like a one-year, $3 million contract. They, they essentially said that they're going to bring in a veteran and a rookie, which almost goes without saying because they need to add about three or four, and that Kaepernick could basically be one of two veterans or something like that in my mind, which says he's not falling out of the league, I don't think. The question is for me is where is that rookie quarterback coming? Is it coming with the number two pick? Do they like someone enough in this draft? Or is that going to kick the can down the road and be like, we don't really like any of these guys, so we're going to make have just play bad again for another year and then hope somebody falls in our lap next year? I'm just still trying to imagine the scenario where like you walk in already as someone believed to be an unqualified general manager, and then you're asked to talk to reporters at the scouting combine with zero quarterbacks. And it's not. And you're just like everything's fine. You know, yeah. like what are we worried he, about? He really sound. And someone else pointed this out on Twitter. He really sounded like a color analyst sometimes. Yeah, talking well, about the players mm. because he was like. You know, Deshaun Kaiser, the Notre Dame quarterback, like he came in there and he blew the doors off our interview. And I was like, wow, this is cool. I actually hope that going around the league a few times yeah. doesn't make him hardened and bitter. Well, that's he was... how Matt Millen sounded when he first started. <laughs> right. Exactly. I remember that. He was very forthcoming and like was just all fired up about the rookie quarterbacks and was saying like why each one was good. He was at, you know, he was actually giving a lot of information and. I just get the sense, like, he's going to be... That will be beaten out of him. That's going to be beaten Yeah, maybe not physically, or maybe physically. And I get the sense, Kyle Shanahan's (laughs) picking these QBs. Maybe that's why it's liberating. Like, he's going to get three QBs he he wants, you you would assume. He's the guy picking. As a television analyst, did he repeatedly refer to the NFL as the National Football League? <laughs> um, one last note, spinning back to we were talking about Garoppolo and what's next with him. Obviously, the Cleveland Browns are a team that uh, are in, a mar- in the market for a quarterback, or so we think. Sashi, um, Sashi. said at one point uh, this week that there is a scenario, I guess, where all three of the current quarterbacks on the roster, name them, Connor. Kevin Hogan, Robert Griffin, and Cody Kessler. <laughs> that could be their big three in 2017. I don't the think anybody three. buys that. Big um, three. In fact, Mike Silver uh, believes that the that the Browns are hoping. You know, a lot of people are saying Miles Garrett number one to the Browns, and then they hope to get a quarterback at number 12 if he's there, if Hughes guy's there. But anyway, everyone's asking uh, Browns management about the quarterback position and and, and Jimmy Garoppolo, who's property of another team not Kevin Patra, um, is a a guy he can't actually talk about, but that doesn't mean people are asking him about it, weren't going to ask him about it anyway. This is what we heard. Imagine going into next season without another quarterback, with the three guys you have. Yes. Why why would you think that? Why would you think that would be good? (laughs) I like the the last line. How do you think that could be Why would you think that? Why would you think that could be? And then he like paused, and then he was good. <laughs> Who was that? Did you, you ask that question? No, I, no, it was that guy's a hero. Fantastic. What was Sashi's reply? <laughs> well, I think like you know, it, the company line, which I think they came prepared for, was like we just have to be prepared for that possibility. Like if the draft totally it can't happen, blindsides no us, way we happen. just have to be ready just in case this happens. But like the, the Browns press corps has completely stripped away any niceties. <laughs> and I don't know if anyone was with me at Hugh Jackson today and someone just said yeah. like, your right tackle sucks. What are we going to do about <laughs> it? Like, you know, and everyone just like totally unhinged. It's beautiful. The honeymoon period is definitely over uh, and they'll need results and that's why they need a quarterback. And, and like he, they were talking about Mitch Trubisky who we'll talk about him measured later in Lance. at 6'2 today, which was apparently big news. 
And when they brought up that up to Hugh, Hugh was like his eyes lit up. He's all excited. I'm happy he's he six was two. Flying. And he basically is like that. That's kind of my line is six two. Like I need quarterbacks to be six two another. Meanwhile, one of the guys on his <laughs> roster, Cody Kessler, six is, one. is six, six one. It's like well, read, you don't have to read between the lines sorry, there. It's Cody. right there. Uh, all right, let's uh, now. That's kind of some of the, and we'll continue to to bring back things that we've heard and all that stuff. Um, but. Let's now move on and do some news since the last time we haven't done a show since Monday. So a lot to catch up on. So, La Cid, let's do some news. Is daddy ever coming back? <laughs> uh, no. Dulcet tones of the great Mark Sessler. We'll be hearing from him a little bit later. Let's start with news out of uh, New York. Our last podcast, I think we talked about the, the end of the road for Nick Mangold in New York. And now it's Darrell Revis's turn to say goodbye. The Jets informed Revis of his impending release. The team announced on Tuesday, not a surprise move after uh, Revis suffered through just a dreadful 2016 season. And then on top of it, which did not help matters, even though Todd Bowles said it did not factor into the release at the combine, he got arraigned on five criminal charges uh, connected to some type of brawl earlier this month. So the Jets say goodbye to Revis, ending um, Greg Rosenthal, a, 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 a failure of an experiment, not an experiment, of a reunion uh, between player and team. It was a bad idea when they signed him, and I think the contract that Darrell Revis signed, it's interesting that his whole career he's always looking for that next payday to, to maximize – his value in a league which is set up against players maximizing his value, their value. And Revis did a better job just about than anyone throughout his career. And part of that was he got the Jets to give him this final contract that guaranteed $6 million uh, with offset language and the money into next year. And I think that contract, which is player-friendly, is ultimately going to retire Darrell Revis a year early. If, that, if there was no offset language mm. in that money and Darrell D- Revis could double dip this year where he could make salaries from two teams, then he'd continue playing. But that salary is $6 million. Connor shaking his head. I know. I'm, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> $6 million. So Revis would have to find another team willing to pay him more than $6 million or essentially he would decide to play football for free. The, the Jets would save some money. He would be doing the Jets a favor by playing, and he would be essentially playing for free. And who's play, who is less likely to play football for free than Darrell Revis? He's oh. done it up, put a sandwich on it. That's a bad God! job. Ooh, this is going to be a delicious sandwich. <laughs> I hope I can have it out here in Indianapolis because there's a lot Jimmy of Jimmy places baby. to get one. No, but the, the thing about Darrell Revis is I think this is a different person. I think when he signed that last Jets contract, one of the big talking points from his camp was trying to tone down that mercenary image. And I think it was something that, you know, especially now, if he decides that this is what he wants to do, money's not a factor. And at, at this point, your legacy is kind of what's left hanging in the balance. He's already this... – he's rehired an agent, and he's, lo- and he's lost 20 pounds. 20? Uh, you Jesus, know. he, he had 20 to lose. That's, that's the, the scary part. Okay. All right, let me so, – and here's another counterpoint because I – if you want to throw around some sandwiches, I might take you up on it as well if you really think he's going to retire. He had – he – I don't know who this version of Darrell Revis was, the one that, that we've seen the last year because the guy that whose play fell off the cliff, whose effort was questioned, who, who said some things uh, in the media that left you shaking your head and then got arrested, that guy is in complete uh, conflict – uh, and and a clash with the guy that I knew and followed closely his entire career, a guy that was a brilliant athlete, a guy that was a tireless worker, a guy that used to get mm. mad 
at guys on the practice field, the, the practice squad guys, if they didn't give him enough of a challenge. He studied the tape. He was never the fastest guy, but he was so great with the, the, the tape study. I think there's, there's a very real chance that he wants to go out on a better note than this because he's kind of going out in a disgraceful way where it's a season where people are making fun of him about Revis Island. He's a prideful guy. So as much as I can't make sense of, of this last year of Revis, I wouldn't rule him out trying to right his career somehow and go out in a better way. And especially in that market, I mean, talk radio every day, like, you know, John from Orange County, like, calls in and is like, just bury this bum, you know? And, like, <laughs> it's it, at some point I think that all he internalizes that. That, that. There should be pride, but there's also the pride of that he knows he's an all-time great, and when you're out there and you can't play like that, that that's tough to deal with. Yeah. You know, you I don't want to just where be is he a, play? a jag. He's not make my, my whole thing. He's not making the six million. No, I, no even what position him. is he going to play? He talked about you know perhaps perhaps moving to safety during the season, which I thought was weird during the season that he would contemplate that. And then Todd Bowles even today sounded a little skeptical that whether mm. that he could have made that transition. It's maybe not as easy as we think it might be. Bowles, meanwhile, ducks his. I don't know what happened here. He skipped the uh, the general scouting combine press conference and then did some early morning session with locals. He's feeling the heat. Strange. Well, I'm sure he is. Uh, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure he is feeling the heat. It's not, an, it's not an easy market to coach in. And that's the other thing. Like, it, You're right. It was not the right signing in retrospect. But I always thought that he would kind of age gracefully and have mm, a Champ, Champ Bailey-type Bailey yeah. career. And uh, I don't think anybody really anticipated it. The uh, Jets have a lot of egg on their face. Uh, but it kind of was a stunning turn. By the way, a true Jet move would, he does get the, the fire back, loses 20 pounds, <laughs> signs with another team, and goes to another Super Bowl. Mm. Maybe so he- returns to the Patriots on a low-cost deal. <laughs> I can see that. Watch <laughs> that happen. That would be great. You know, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer, though. That gets thrown around a lot. He is one of the, be- the best defensive players of the so last 20 years. So you're trying to eulogize years. the man right now. He'll <laughs> yeah. be back. I'm eulogizing. Let's see. You called it, Greg, in your um, uh, debrief column, which everyone should check out. I think it was Franchise Death Day. What was it? Franchise Player uh, Doom Day? Franchise Legend Departure Day. Because <laughs> Jamal Charles, on the same day uh, that Darrell Rivas' Jets career ended, the Chiefs released the 30-year-old running back. Uh, this is a player who has had knee injuries and missed a great part of the last two years. And I happen to be um, standing right underneath the great underrated uh, – that was very Trump – the great underrated uh, Andy <laughs> Reid, uh, big, bigly. And he said he, he called um, Jamal Charles uh, dirty tough, I think is what he, yes. the way he described him, called him a Hall of Famer and, and wished him well. Uh, and it's the end of the road for Jamal Charles. What kind of market? I think I think I threw him out there, Greg, when you were talking about the top 101. Where did he end up falling when you and uh, West did your tabulations? Around 47, I believe. I had him in the 60s. To me, his ceiling is kind of a useful role player. So do you really want him more than LeGarrette Blunt, for instance, or even Latavius Murray? I, I don't see the ceiling being too high, and the reality is he's played like a handful of games, games. the last couple of years. The, I guess two the years. counter is, yes, the the injuries the last two years. He was as good as ever uh, the last time we saw him healthy. So it wasn't like he was going into decline and then got hurt. He was still a top three running back in the league. There's just not a lot of track record for, for 31-year-olds who had 80 combined carries over two years coming back and being great. I think it's going to depend on what – kind of price he's willing to pay at and play at I mean and then by that I mean low price and the the fit 
And I think Doug Peterson already said that the Eagles will evaluate him if he's healthy. That's a fit to me. I mean, they, they need depth mm. there if Ryan Matthews is gone. And he, he knows that offense at least somewhat. I mean, these injuries don't just go back these two years. He's had injuries throughout his career. We're here in Lucas Oil Stadium. And I was thinking of the last time that the Chiefs were in a, a shootout in this stadium and Jamal Charles was hurt in that game. They couldn't rely on him when they're going back and forth and Alex Smith is putting up points. Man, you're just burying all the legends. Today. Bury them all. Jeez. You're cold-blooded man sometimes. Time guy. waits for no man. Hey, look, I'm not the one who <laughs> Except for Tom Brady. Uh, said some guy was his boy. Yeah, that anything. was a little too much, Mr. Patra. <laughs> yeah, uh, took that a little literal. In uh, other legend news, Adrian Peterson. Looks like he's headed elsewhere. The Vikings won't pick up his 2017 option. He was uh, set to count $18 million against the Minnesota Vikings salary cap next season. Um, so I wouldn't call it a surprise. Uh, Rick Spielman said in a statement on Tuesday that Adrian is an important part of the Minnesota Vikings organization. I think he said at the Combine that they haven't closed the door on him potentially returning. But this feels like the end of the road, right, Connor? I did enjoy the report that said, basically said Adrian Peterson doesn't understand why people don't think he's still a great running like could could be st- still a great running back and like this whole time he's been like well here's my wish list of teams once I get cut and it's just like Giants give me a call and they're like we don't we run out of the shotgun so probably not you know and mm. uh, th- there seems to be like a little bit of misplaced arrogance at this point I think. I'm not sure. Well, sometimes the last guy to know that he's not the same guy anymore is that guy, uh, which makes it tough dealing with. Well, he's been great more recently than than Charles, for instance. I mean, I know he missed all last year, but the year before he led the league in yards and rushing touchdowns. But what offense is he going to fit in? And I think listening to Rick Spielman, like perhaps, and the Cowboys if they're if he's willing to take a lower deal. But I look listening to Spielman. He said he was in you know the room with Pat Shermer talk, discussing like what kind of running backs they want. And if you're having those discussions, it probably means you want a guy that you can play out of the shotgun more, have that quick passing game, and he can be more involved in the pass game. And Peterson was only really good out of the shotgun. I'm a I big mean, not, fan of his dad. Of formation. I'm a big fan of his dad being heavily involved in all this like his dad is getting quoted in every paper his dad was breaking down why it would be nice to play with Aaron Rodgers like in the in the Green Bay papers it's it's fantastic one sneaky landing spot that I kind of like and I'm looking at Chris Wessling wrote a nice piece potential landing spots for AP. Um, and I like the Raiders as a sneaky spot where AP could land mm-hmm. that's all good you know, for Latavius him. Murray is headed toward free agency not not a game-changing talent there even if he's had his moments. And the it feels like a move the Raiders would do to bring this this um, great all-pro in and tr- try to wring a, c- a couple more years out of him. And they're a team that's not far away. I would love that. I I also remember Jeff Darlington, our former colleagues, report that the Vikings, I think he said, would be willing to pay him up to $6 million plus incentives. I don't know if he's going to get more he than that sense. elsewhere. Because of sentimentality and just his history there, I if they're willing to do that, he might end up back in Minnesota. I liked what Black Jack Del Rio had to say, too, uh, during his press availability. Uh, he was asked, what, what have I learned about, or what did you learn from the 2016 season? Sid, do we have that? Yeah, don't lose your quarterback. <laughs> That's right. That's fair. That's fair. It's fair. It, 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 huge monkey wrench in the 2016 playoffs for an outside fan. Uh, you, you're just bummed you lost the quarterback. Sort of a shot against the bow, though, from uh, Scranton native Matt McGloin, who, who did all he could to uh, 
to get in there and make it happen. Sorry. I, I will never understand why they didn't put old Maddie McGee back, you know, into that uh, rolling down into this that, road again. Into are that we? playoff game? No, we don't need to. Uh, Jack Jack Del Rio, though, you know, carries himself like a man who just got a four-year contract. Yes, he I does. mean, he he's got the hair. I think that you would admire Dan. Just a, uh, yeah. a presence, nice hair. a presence. Dan, you know, Connor's been very impressed. He thinks John Elway's, you know, the most handsome general manager in the league. I, I think learned Jack, a lot about Jack Del Rio Connor. cuts a striking figure. <laughs> I learned a lot about Connor's type uh, from his <laughs> his statement that was sent a text, a, a wide text to everyone associated with around the NFL. All of NFL media, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that he you found him to be like uh, just deeply attractive. Less need is pissed somewhere. I don't know. I, well, I said to him, because then we had this conversation as Les Sleed was 20 feet away from us in the middle of his press conference, uh, Les, you know, looking like a character out of like a, a ABC uh, dramedy, um, you know, tall, handsome in the suit. And you're just like, no, nah, I need I need somebody stronger. You want somebody? And then I, <laughs> I immediately some... that gave me the image of uh, John Elway carrying Connor <laughs> across the threshold like a little baby. This conversation is going to be super beneficial for my career. Um, no, uh, but Elway, you know what? He he strolled in yesterday, plaid on plaid, like plaid vest on plaid shirt, yeah. pulled it off like a champion. I mean, he that's did. that's hard to do. You got to strike a certain figure to do that. Um, I'm going to hit some news quickly here. Uh, it's the end of the line, and this you talk about free agency. We're getting all hyped up about who's the best free agent. Jairus Bird, remember that name? Jairus Bird. Jairus Bayard. <laughs> Once upon a time, he was the number one free agent, I believe, on a top 101 or 99 or right. 100 list. 2014. Uh, the Saints gave him big money following the 2013 season. It never worked out. And Rob Sheet reported Tuesday that Saints will release the veteran, the veteran safety when free agent begins. Free agency begins next week. Uh, he played three years in New Orleans. And really, I mean, Greg, he never made a play. He barely played the first two years, and he was just kind of there this season. The failures in free agency of Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis has been largely largely ignored. Like, they've gotten a pass. Maybe not in New Orleans, but they have, they're right there with the worst front offices in the league, I, I think. <laughs> I like that he was wow. sort of the centerpiece of that discord. Don't you think? I think they, they've had a they've had a top five quarterback, and they yeah. haven't had a winning season they're the in new three Mr. years. Seven and nine. What were we saying, Connor? He was like the centerpiece of the discord between like Rob Ryan on his way mm. out, and like the rest of the team was like, "Let's let him shine, like let him play center field, and then just build a defense around it." And then Rob just had an epic meltdown. Um, in other news, um, what is some other news the old Zeusers looking for right now? Oh, Eric Berry and the Chiefs—they get a deal done, which I was very relieved about. I'm sure they were as well, as well as Eric Berry. A $78 million over six years with $40 million in guarantees. This was promising to be perhaps the most tedious summer storyline uh, in Eric Berry, ugly holdout situation. Instead, the Chiefs get, get the job done. Uh, Patra, is this a good deal? It's a lot of money uh, to give to a, a 20-year-old safety, but he's, he was worth every dollar last year. He was worth every dollar last year, and uh, Andy Reid said yesterday he's the heartbeat of the defense, and I think he proved that. Uh, I mean, you saw what he did. He basically beat the Falcons in that game on the road. Uh, he, he's the playmaker from the, that secondary that they need so they can play pre- press coverage up top. He can come down in the box. He can really do it all. The only question was the, was the health mm. issue. And it, ca- it came a day you know, before they cut Jamal Charles, and they, you only have room for so many players. But it also came a day after they gave a $41 million contract 
to Laurent Duvernay Tardif. Whoa, good for you. Spitting Calm in more down, news. It was punch me in the Who's face. still at McGill Medical School right now. So that shows you, you know, the, the game waits for no one. When you're signing du- Duvernay Tardif to a huge contract and then you're cutting a legend like Jamal Charles. But McGill, a fine institution where my brother went to school there up in go. Montreal. That was the only reason you wanted to be Tardif. I would say that you say that the podcast is evolving into this thing where I'm just setting up different bits. Mm. I mean, I feel like it's evolving to a place where it's just where you can get two lane references in and various college <laughs> memories of yours and ivory tower, Greg. <laughs> Anytime I can get Duvernay Tardif in, I'm doing it. Uh, but Steelers signed James Harrison to a two year, three and a half million dollar deal. He is unkillable. And now <laughs> literally is. Uh, you want to do a little tag talk? Tag talk. Tag talk. Let's do it, and we'll start with the big one because the Redskins put the exclusive franchise tag on Kirk Cousins. Uh, Washington. You like that? Uh, you like that? I know Sid likes that because Sid is way in on Kirk Cousins. And in the most Kirk Cousins tweet ever, uh, he sent out after the announcement, tag, I'm it. Oh, God. Is well, it we- get it? There, there was like a, you know, when you were a kid and you played that game, so yeah. he's sort of playing that with uh, the franchise tag thing. It's clever. It's clever, but Cousins' tender clever. is expected to be valued at $23.94 million, 120% of his 2016 salary, which I believe was $19.95 million. This is crazy. What are they going to do if he has a capable season next year and like the floor on a long-term deal is like $27 million a year? Like, There's no possible think, way. I think we're going to touch – we're going to dig in on the Redskins and, mm-hmm. and their strategy – uh, or lack thereof uh, with Kirk Cousins later. Uh, but, I mean, you would think that they're going to try to get get something done, but that's a lot of money. It's a weird situation. It's a weird situation. He's got no real reason to sign anything less than that either per year. I mean, play under the tag. He just did it last year. It's still going to be a dearth on QB market when he hits it next year. So he's going to get paid sooner or later. He's got all He's got all the chips. We'll get more into that a little bit later. Other tag talk. Chargers place franchise tag on Melvin Ingram. You like that move, Greg? I do. How you doing with your uh, predictions? I think you're doing well, your franchise Very tag well this year. I guess it's over with. You, you'd mm-hmm. have to check. There was only seven, so I think I had one, had a couple off, but not, not too bad. I think they're really going to try to sign him long-term, listening to Tom Telesco, their general manager, talk about you know what an impact he, he is down to down, including against the run. They also said they, they're going to try, and they sounded pretty confident about bringing Danny Woodhead back, who's a free hmm. agent. Uh, the Rams uh, will hold on to Tremaine Johnson, the non-exclusive franchise tag on the veteran cornerback. Uh, he's going to make, if he plays under this, almost $17 million a year. Kevin Patrick, that's a lot of money for Tremaine Johnson, right? It, it is a lot of money, and then Les said today that he, they want to see how he fits with Wade Phillips, so you're paying a guy $17 million. You're not sure how well he's going to fit, so they're barely going to talk about a long-term extension until after the year. Then you're either paid a guy for $17 million for an average year, average a poor year if he doesn't fit well, or you're screwed next year when you can't tag him again a third time. Hmm. This is a move it's of a desperation. He's yes. kind of like a league average starting cornerback, but that's worth a lot, and they just – they've no already ideas. lost – they're probably going to lose TJ McDonald to Greg Williams' Browns. He's, you know, he goes to Cleveland. He's going to take a player who doesn't really fit into Wade Phillips' system. And that means they'll have lost three good starters in the last two years, so they're just kind of desperate, and you got to keep – they're, they're paying a lot of money to like guys like Mark Barron and Tavon Austin Ugh. and 
Ogletree's all right. He's at the top of the mark. You know, a lot of guys who are just like okay and they're getting 10, 12, 13 million dollars. Yeah, that team is butt. And they, <laughs> hey, they have a 19 year old head coach too. That could be a problematic. And one, t- one person that did not get the franchise tag, Dante Hightower, who, of course, um, a, a stalwart on that Patriots defense made a huge play, the game changing play in Super Bowl 51. Uh, the sack stripping was basically a, a dominant player. The Patriots decide with a lot of other needs and and, uh, and and people to take care of not to use the franchise tag. Greg, uh, you upset that Tower Tower probably will not be a Patriot? This is a rare case. I think they could get a long-term deal done before, right before free agency starts or right as it starts, that they're going to be in the mix, that they probably thought the right – like they either wanted a long-term deal or nothing – and they probably thought this was the right way to approach it. They've done this with a few guys that they really believe in. You think he's going to be a value, Connor. <laughs> I do, but every player on this team has Stockholm Syndrome. It's amazing. They're like, sorry, Bill, I'm sorry. I tested free agency. Let me come back and sign for $3 million a year instead of 10 You know, And that's what's going to happen. Everyone's, just gonna, everyone's really scared of that they're going to get traded to the Browns, and they're all just going to stay on this roster forever. But there are a lot of... Uh, there are a lot of Belichick, Belichickites in other teams. Bob Quinn being one of them, and the Lions need a linebacker. Yeah. He was there when they drafted him. Bring him to Cleveland and team him up with Jamie Collins. Tennessee. Let's go. Tennessee has a, a <laughs> former Patriot. You know, the Bucks. They, they're pretty good at linebackers. But, they don't really need Greg, them, but. how about you answer to the Stockholm Syndrome um, charge? So you're, the charge is that they get so used to winning – you know, oh. champ, you know, championships oh. that they just right. can't bear to not do that, that that's like a habit. <laughs> you take the fun out of everything. Bro. <laughs> All right. There you go. Now it's time to say goodbye. Peace. Oh, wow. It's hard to say goodbye, but we have so much to get to today. Uh, so Connor Orr and Kevin Patra, uh, now you must vacate your seats. Wait, are we able to have all six on at Do you want to try it? I mean, just I mean, just for like a I little really bit. I really don't want to be here anymore. A minute so. or two, you know, where it's everyone. I think it would be a record of around the NFL hosts at one time. I don't know if this is technically possible. Sydney, is that possible? It is technically possible. We'll see how this goes. You ready? Ready to bring in? Sydney's going to explode of because of it, though. Bring him in. Let's see what happens. You should really just kick us out of here. No, we're going to. Just in a couple minutes. I'm glad Patrick stayed on because oh. <laughs> I have purchased a whiteboard and accepted his challenge. Okay, what are we? What are you doing? Bench, bench press. Bench press. When challenge. you dismissed me in the bench press comments, <laughs> yeah, you dismissed yourself. You said you had a torn oh. rotator cuff. Oh, I was just quoting no, you. No, 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 no. I am sitting next. What? I am sitting next to Chris oh, West. While I'll you guys have been out there. Drinking your beers, eating your shrimp, <laughs> stuffing the food in your face. Chris Wesling has been back here in Los Angeles. His body is absolutely on fire right now. Good luck <laughs> taking him on any sort of athletic competition, any of you. Okay. You guys, you're what, do you mean, what do you mean, any Mark, of you? the new manager. Uh, that was a very, like Bobby the Brain Heenan. I was just going to say Mark, Har- Mark Harmon. I'll, t- I'll take you in cross-country running, Wes. That's not a sport, Greg. All right. <laughs> well, this was a this was just Greg's instincts were proven right. This was an amazing <laughs> conversation between the six of us. Illuminating. Uh, so, Connor, goodbye. I'll see you at St. Elmo's tonight. Can't believe I'm leaving this place. All right. See you, Connor. I mean, uh, Kevin Patra. Whiteboard, baby. Whiteboard. The challenge has been laid out. The gauntlet is thrown. A couple of Heath Evanses in training. Now. Oh God. <laughs> All right. Now we welcome in. Officially, Chris Wesley and Mark Sessler. Uh, how you how, how you boys doing back in L.A.? We're holding it down. 
tell doing us, well. Tell us stories. Not much to tell. I mean, you you kind of know what the vibe is here. You you come in, <laughs> you sit down at your desk, you do work. That's sort of what uh, what's unfolded for the two of us. Yeah, I saw there were some like you live here. I do live there. Um, I saw some. I always enjoy the 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 Mark Sessler tweets that that are really out there. But the ones recently, there have been a couple recently that I've been really flying high on. Uh, I've really enjoyed them. Uh, I'm trying to look it up right now. There was one particularly that I was hoping maybe we could get some um, clarity on. I'm going to look it up right now. Is okay. it the one that ended, ended in ancient Egypt? <laughs> I think that might have been a different one. The one I was looking at was... Good see. that we have it teed right up. All right, here's one. This was from 18 hours ago. Teletype burns bright. Backslapping in vogue, well-fed, souped-up clown types will be scattered to the western wind. And then a, 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 a emoji of a, a tree of some kind. Any insight there? No idea what that means. <laughs> Don't even remember typing it. Are we the are we the teletype souped-up? What is it? I don't know. <laughs> no, Clown. I'm not referring to you, Greg. Um, all right. There was another one, but the, so many tweets on Mark's feed because he's been... Um, pounding away back at the, the home office. And now, gentlemen, um, let's talk about um, let's talk about the QB market. Why don't we, a nice little segment between the four heroes here, uh, uh, and we'll do a little winners and losers of Ooh. the press conference. Wait. Uh, yes. I've got a little bit of breaking news here. What do you got? On the Around the NFL podcast. All right, let's hear it. Here's Mark Sessler's tweet from February 28th. <laughs> Into the woods to walk between strange lands. No more experts. No more botched, fear-based nonsense. <laughs> Just what is ahead? Ancient Egypt. Mark? I don't, I mean, again, I don't have a, like a tangible explanation for what that means. But, uh, you know. It's I like I like to just throw stuff out there when I'm feeling it. I, I really I uh, would like to provide a, a deeper explanation. I have none for you. Okay, so let's get. I love the to... idea of I love the idea of looking ahead and then going ancient Egypt. <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's get into it, guys, and and let's share some winners and losers of Combine Week. And we're gonna start with Chris Wesling because Chris, I know, um, get off my gridiron. One of the one of the big weekly bangers on NFL.com. Um, you have you have something you need to get off your chest. So why don't we get into this discussion with your thought on the quarterback market and, and what we're seeing as Combine Week rolls on? Well, we're, we're talking about this as a winners and losers segment, and to me, the winners are all of the organizations that realized in 2016 that the quarterback market was exploding and acted accordingly, and the losers are all of the organizations that didn't realize the quarterback mm. market was exploding. And that starts with the Redskins. Compare them to their AFC East rivals, the Eagles, who in 2015 offered two first-round picks, more picks, Sam Bradford, more veterans for the opportunity to trade up for number one pick, and the Titans and Bucks both turned them down. Then the, the next year, 2016, they give Sam Bradford two for $36 million with $22 million guaranteed. They make Chase Daniel the highest-paid backup quarterback in the league. Then they give up – two firsts, a second, and a third for Carson Wentz. They understand that the quarterback market is exploding. After that, the Rams give up a ton for Jared Goff. Texans overpay for Brock Osweiler. Cardinals give Carson Palmer $24.5 million for one year. Ravens make Flacco the biggest signing bonus in history. 
Colts make Luck the highest-paid quarterback in history. All this is pointing to the reality in the NFL that if you think you're getting a Jimmy Garoppolo for anything less than a first-round pick, it's laughable. Mm. Every trade for a potential starter in the NFL begins with a first-round pick, and then you go from there. But this quarterback market is exploding, and it's why the Redskins are in the predicament they're in now because they didn't want to pay Kirk Cousins more than $16 million last year when he's really a $20 million quarterback. Um, Greg, that is your loser. Do you want to answer to that? Yeah, well, I, I totally agree with everything Wes said, and I think it makes sense in this. We've talked about all the extra salary cap space that's in there, and I think this is part of that. Think about a, a league. I've always said that quarterbacks are dramatically underpaid in the NFL. Why? Why are guys like Elvis Doomerville make at some points like making half as much money as Tom Brady? Like you would never trade Tom Brady for two right. Elvis Doomervilles. Why is Olivier Vernon making as much as some starting quarterbacks now? Like if if there was no salary cap, you would pay Kirk Cousins 40, 50 million cuz that's like how much he's worth to a franchise. So I think Wes is right. I think that's why guys like like Mike Glennon I'll throw out there as a winner. Not because I think he's definitely the answer, but just because of this quarterback market is going to be so starved that a team that you know this guy is actually out there. The Bears and the Jets know that he's out there. He'll end up making maybe more money than Ryan Fitzpatrick made last year, that he'll be in that 12-13 sort of, well, you're not really a franchise quarterback. We don't even think you are, but you're close enough that we're going to give you that, you know, close to that money anyways. I had heard, I had heard from someone at Combine that, like thirteen million was in play for Mike Glennon and and Mark, you wrote about him um, uh, this week. This this idea that 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 Glennon, who has really done nothing for two years, and before that we had a spirited conversation on this very podcast. Yeah, we don't need to talk about, about uh, whether he's <laughs> worth that money. But that just again that, that checks into what we're talking about: how much these guys can get paid. But Greg, why are the Redskins okay losers? Yeah, you had set me up beautifully, and I totally blew it's okay blew it's past okay. it. I think the Redskins are set up for a big fall this year. I think it starts with some of the drama that's happened in their front office. I think it started with like how Wes said that they misevaluated Cousins. Now they're willing, by the way, reports say to pay Cousins twenty million a year. So they've upped it. If they had just done that a year ago, they could have got a deal done. Now that's not enough because it's because he knows he could make more elsewhere. So they've blown that by not having foresight. Scott McLuhan, their general manager, is not here at the scouting combine. Um, he told the local reporter that it was a family issue. It came out that his grand uh, grandmother had passed away. There's now a very ugly series of reports in Washington about the timing of when this funeral actually happened. Weeks we, and weeks. We don't ago. even need to get yeah. into all of that. But something strange. Not right. Something strange is afoot uh, in Washington. Meanwhile, Pierre Garçon's going to leave. Deshaun Jackson's going to leave, and I think you're going to have a coach and the guy pulling the strings, Bruce Allen, making fear-based decisions, trying to save their jobs without really a lot of talent. I could see them spending a lot of money on defense, and I think they've just played this Cousins thing so poorly that in a best-case scenario, they're just going to have to make him like the highest-paid quarterback in the league. And in a worst-case scenario, they're going to be caught holding nothing in a year hey Wes does this tie into your uh kind of loser that the Redskins are an example of a team that didn't quite understand what this market was all about 
Absolutely, and I think you can throw the Jets, Browns, and Bears in there too. Mm. Guys, teams that want Jimmy Garoppolo and now understand just how much it will take to get him with the Patriots acting like he's not even available. You can you can point to Mike Glennon as a winner, but any team that starts Mike Glennon is a loser because your fans now know that you are in the, well, as Dan said, scam for Sam, or I would say fold for Darnold. <laughs> You're not competitive if you if Mike Glennon is your starting quarterback. And that goes for Ryan Fitzpatrick or Brian Hoyer or Josh McCown or any Band-Aid you want to throw mm. in there. You are not competing in the NFL. You are tacitly acknowledging <laughs> we're going for the number one pick. And la- last thing on the Redskins, too, I think one of the reasons it hurts is it felt like they were out. Of, it's been a drama-free couple of years. And I think this has been one of the worst-run franchises in the NFL over the last 20 years. And if you're a fan of the Redskins, you kind of thought you were getting out of there. Mm. And they're starting to have some high-class problems in terms of their coaches are elsewhere taking their players. McVay's in L.A. maybe taking some of their players. You know, Shanahan's in San Francisco. He's maybe taking some of their players. It's like this is the type of thing that happens to teams that actually have had success. This team hasn't won a playoff game. Nothing's happened. And now all the drama and the – and the backbiting is coming back, and you have it's not like you have anything to show for it. There were no good times in the first place. Yeah. So, Mark Sessler now, we're going to move on to a different conversation, but also quarterback-related because Mark has another winner, and it's about QBs. I think the winner for me is that where we were two weeks ago, we all agreed that this draftable quarterback class is not up to snuff with uh, classes of old, and there's no Andrew Luck out there. In fact, there's a lot of guys that a couple months ago were not even considered first-rounders, and now you're starting to hear about names like Deshaun Kaiser, Deshaun Watson. Mitch Trubisky is now being whispered about. Mary Kay Cabot just had a story out that he could potentially go number one to the Browns. Mike Silver, our Mike Silver, disputes that. I think he thinks very much that Miles Garrett would go number one. But mm. the idea that also Patrick Mahomes, a guy that was seen initially as a second or third rounder, is starting to catch fire. This happens every draft, except that this time around, you're, we could go back to that one draft, 2011, I think it was, where so many quarterbacks were overdrafted. And that could happen again because of exactly what Chris mentioned. These teams that did not solve this quarterback issue either last year in the draft or thought that they could get someone like Jimmy G or ply away Kirk Cousins from the Redskins on the cheap. And it's absolutely impossible at this stage in the game to get these guys for anything less than essentially the top half of your draft and future drafts. So you're stuck if you're a team like the Browns or the Jets or the Bills, it sounds like, if they don't keep Tyrod Taylor, that you have to essentially go out and overdraft quarterbacks instead of being patient Mm. because jobs do not there's no patience. They're not going to allow these coaches to continue to go 2-14, and 3-13, and 13, and keep waiting for the quarterback. That's why you get fired. You couldn't find a quarterback in one, two, or three seasons. You're out. And so I think there are some desperate teams out there. They're going to have to try to sell to their fans and their owners. We like this quarterback a lot more than we really do. There's only one guy uh, in this market. He's not there yet, but he would count as – if healthy, an instant elixir for any team that has a quarterback need, that's Tony Romo. And there's a report that came out uh, from Rap Sheet, this was on Tuesday, uh, that he identified the Denver Broncos as now, he calls them the prime landing spot um, for the 36-year-old quarterback. And Rappaport said on NFL Network, if he's willing to take a pay cut, it seems like the Broncos, and then it seems like everyone else. Now, the biggest part of this is the pay cut part of it. But 
the more I think of this, the more I look at it and, and from a common sense angle, uh, it, to me, it feels like it's almost um, fate that mm. Romo will be a Denver Broncos quarterback. It makes so much sense for everyone. And, and from, from Romo, who gets to go to a winner, to the Cowboys, who get Romo out of the division and the conference, uh, and then the Broncos, who still still have that Super Bowl window open and have two young quarterbacks that, uh, while at least one of them performed uh, soundly at times last year, is not the player that Tony Romo is when healthy. It just feels like that Romo to Denver, to me, is going to happen. And to me, that's mm. just the uh, the loser would be that quarterback room in Denver, at least for the time being. Trevor Simeon, who probably deserves uh, another year as a starter after a promising uh, season in 2016, he would go on the back burner uh, and be uh, you know, uh, very important to have a good backup if Tony Romo's there. And then Paxton Lynch kind of goes deep into the background, and first-round picks don't typically do that. I could see Trevor Simeon being shopped or winding up mm. somewhere else as a starter if they got if they went after Romo. Because you have to view Romo, if you're going to do that, at least as a two-year answer. Not just one, it has to be two. Right. And, and there are whispers out there on Twitter right now that Simeon, there are some teams that would go after Simeon, the Bills potentially being one of those teams, mm. that I, I, I think he becomes a much Makes more sense. attractive offer in my mind than, uh, you know, Mike Lennon. I mean, the Titans just gave $5 million to Matt Castle. I mean, you want someone to bring in that you can develop. That's Trevor Simeon over some of these other clowns. Would you yeah. t- well, not to get sidetracked, but is Trevor Simeon a better option than Tyrod Taylor? Depends on what you want your offense to be. Right. I think they're in the, I think with, I think they're in the same Tyrod, conversation. They're, they're close. With Tyrod, you have to agree to build your offense around his strengths. I, Rick and, Dennis, and with Trevor Simeon, he's a different kind of quarterback. And Rick Dennison, who's the coordinator of, of Buffalo, you know, was in Denver. So that it, it makes it makes a lot of it makes a lot of sense. I did think the Broncos were sending a message, though. You know, and they've been consistent. You know, the coach Vance Joseph said, "Look, we're fine with those two young guys." And John Elway talked about, um, you know, that he'd be a little worried about stunting the growth. And I think when they're talking up that we'll be fine with these guys, I think they do mean it. I think the Broncos like have a price for Romo, and they would move on. Like that, this is them putting it out there. It's like, it, like what Ian is saying. I I just get a sense that that's how the Broncos feel, and it it's like if if. They have a price, and if he really needs to max out, then it might not work for them, and they'd be okay go, moving on, and he would have to figure out something else. They're not as desperate as right. a, another well, team would be, which helps well, you. I, I spoke with Ian about this at, at some length when, when I decided to write this up, and he repeated several times, picture Colin Kaepernick, the way they handled yep. that. Kaepernick refused to take a pay cut, and the Broncos basically washed their hands and said, okay, we're moving on to something else. And, and I think they really did the same thing with Osweiler as well. Look, mm. this is what we set your value at. If you won't take it, we're moving on. And that's the way Ian expects them to handle the Romo situation. And if you're Romo and you have another year or two in your career, it comes down to what he values. But wouldn't you – if I were him, I would take a little bit less coin. He's made a ton of cash. He made $127 million in his career. He has money. He does not have a ring. Right. So you go to Denver. You don't go to Jacksonville. You don't go to Buffalo if you want, to, if you want the truly best chance to win a Super Bowl. All right, boys. We'd love to spend more time with you, but we're up against it. we got to keep moving. It was great hearing your voices, though. And we're coming home tomorrow, and we miss you guys. Miss you too. Have a safe flight back home. We are actually watching you Thanks, guys bud. on television as we speak, so Aww. it's almost like you're here. Will you guys be? <laughs> will you guys be wait, waiting at the airport? 
for us or anything? Oh, yeah. Like, can I have a ride? Yes, of course. No. <laughs> do not plan on calling an Uber. Wes and I will come down to pick you up. No questions asked. Wasn't that one of our original money drops? The Around the NFL podcast will not pick you up from the airport. Yes. Oh, scratch that. Yeah. Um, all right. Thanks, boys. See you guys. All, all right. right. Farewell. All right, we say goodbye to the heroes and hello to another hero. The, oh. a, a, a hero of the city of Houston, a man that <laughs> almost the mayor of Houston is how I see him. Uh, NFL.com's. Bun B is the mayor. Wow. I am simply in Mr. B's, uh, in Bun's, um, just his legion of helpers. That's all I am. That is the voice of Lance Zierlein. He is uh, the great uh, draft man, the maestro. Uh, <laughs> and you see his stuff all over NFL Network and NFL.com right now. He has his latest mock-up. I think it's 2.0, right? 2.0. Uh, which we'll get six in, more to go. Get into a little bit. And <laughs> and Lance, you've been on our show before, and we've so we've probably talked about it. We are not draft experts, so we, we turn to the experts to get a little bit uh, of knowledge as we start to hit, turn towards uh, the combine now here and then the draft before you know it. So- We're not experts really in anything. <laughs> I mean, the way he said it almost implied that, like, there's a whole other field where we're on top well, of things. I would say we, we like, know some stuff about football, but not right. the stuff that, that Lance knows so well. So how do we want to get – a singing expert. He's great at setting up little sound drops. Stay focused, Greg. <laughs> We need to hear from Lance. Oh, absolutely. No. <laughs> See, he's just a little prodding. <laughs> comes out. Didn't anyway, your latest mo- mock. I, I want to start with the quarterback position. Okay. Everybody loves to talk about the quarterbacks. You have uh, Trubisky going to uh, the San Francisco 49ers at number two overall. God, I was just being lazy. <laughs> Tell what me about mean? that. Tell me about well, that. Well, I mean, look, I've got to every time I take my mock 1.0, and then I've got to change it to a Mach 2.0. And I've got decisions to make. Do I want to leave a guy there and leave his right up there, mm. which is less less work for me? Or do I want to change it wow. and domino the whole thing down? <laughs> peek, peek behind the curtain here. Yeah. I like it. Just keep it no, real. I, you know, I thought about tr- maybe digging around. I said, you know what, let's just stay right now. I wanted to keep it the same until after the combine. So I, I, I saw how he worked out and, and heard about maybe how he interviewed. Because if he interviews well and if he works out well – I think he does have a chance to go number two to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, It would be a little early, but I think if you are going to go to a team where you've got a chance to succeed, you want to go to a Shanahan coach team. I don't care if it's Mike or Kyle. I mean, that Mm. offense, Gary Kubiak too, that offense is so quarterback friendly. And uh, maybe they don't have players at the wide receiver spot that are necessarily quarterback friendly in San Francisco right now. But I, I do believe that Mitch Trubisky has physical attributes and play attributes that could, you know, lend themselves to being a pretty good quarterback in the league. But, I mean, it's a it's a big jump with any of these guys. Well, you have one other quarterback in your top ten right now. Another He's, big jump, frankly. Yeah, Deshaun Watson, uh, who we saw play so well in the national championship game with Clemson. You have him going to the Bills at ten. Um, how confident are you that he's going to be a, a front? Well, you have him at 10, so you must be somewhat confident, but that, that he's a first-round talent. No, I'm not confident at yeah. all. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to project what a team might do. Yeah, uh, I think Doug Whaley might take a shot based on uh, their decision and what they're going to do with Tyrod Taylor, obviously. But I, I'm not real confident. Look, Deshaun Watson, there's a lot of check marks for intangibles, for playing in the clutch, for a lot of things that NFL teams – hate to try to buy into too much because that's what you did with Vince Young. That's what you did with Johnny Manziel. You started Tim Tebow. There's been a lot of guys right. drafted early because they all they did was win, and they were very clutch, and they yeah. stepped up in big games. And, you know, it's, it's really not what you do in the big games. 
it's what you do in the second quarter um, down, you know, when you're down 13 points and you really need a drive and you need to take care of the football. It's, it's what you do. It's what you do from the 20 to the 20 that really matters. And I, I just Deshaun Watson can be a little up and down. Frankly, he gives the ball away way too easily. I mean, the turnovers are just it's, some of his turnovers are just terrible. Mm. Trubisky. You know, bringing it back to him this week, listening to some of the reports out there that, you know, from Michael Silver, the Browns don't necessarily think, you know, they would love to get the defensive tackle at one, and then they're not necessarily, they don't necessarily think that their quarterback will be there at 12. And then we're hearing another Cleveland report that's like, they're thinking about Trubisky for number one. It, it sure makes it seem like, and it's not like a secret, I think that the, that the Browns, that this is the guy that they think could fit them, and he kind of fits the mold of, right. of what Hugh yeah, has so. liked. Yeah, I think so. So even though that everyone said and it's a carbon copy of last year, well, we don't know if there's you know necessarily top five quarterbacks in this draft. Doesn't that mean with the 49ers there at two and the Bills at 10 that, that, that these guys get get pushed up? Yeah, and that's what I did in my mock. I, mean, I pushed up is is what I did. I mean, I understand that Mitch Trubisky gets a little bit early. I think that's a lot early compared to you know the teams I've talked to. I don't know that any of them really have a headed into this have a first round grade on Deshaun Watson. If you really want to know the truth, hmm. but I also know that he should come here. He should work out well. He should interview well. Um, although I was told he's not going to be as fast as we think. I was hmm. told he's going to run. Take a guess. Take a guess what you think. Uh, Deshaun Watson. We've all well, watched him. Well, now you've said I that know. you don't I've, think it's going to be as tampered with the jury pool, fast. I don't know. Greg, I'll defer to you. Four on six this five. One. Okay. I'll go four six one. The number that I saw, the the offshore number is four six eight. Okay. Which I I feel like he's nice going to run into Greg. four fives. Oh, okay. I've been told he's going to run about a four seven five. Okay. Which seems way slower than what I'm seeing on television. Hmm. Um, just bouncing around a little bit here at the few minutes that we have here. So Miles Garrett, everyone seems to think that you know, or a lot of people believe he will go number one. You have him going number one right now. I think now. he's clearly the best talent. Is he? Does he have the? Is he the type of special player that can have like a how Joey Bosa had like an immediate impact in the NFL? Is he a guy that can be a Pro Bowl star next year? Well, if he's playing for Cleveland, I don't know, but I but do think talk that he might not be a great fit there. Which yeah. is interesting. Yeah, I think he fits anywhere. He's big enough to play. Look, he's way bigger than people realize. People are worried. You know, they have Courtney Brown nightmares. I know. Still. I know. And I, my dad was there when they were picking. Um, oh, I mean, they passed on Richard Seymour for Gerard Warren. <laughs> they had decided Goodness. the night before that Richard Seymour was the pick. They went home because that's when the draft was on Saturday, the the first round and second, third. I can't remember. I think right. that's how it broke out. My dad said when they got back to the facility in Cleveland, they said, hey, we changed our mind. We're going with Gerard, big money Warren. Like, oh, mm. and the rest was big mistake. Cleveland Browns history. But um, I think he fits anywhere. And, he, yeah, he has immediate impact. He has Julius Pepper's ability. He has immediate impact ability, without question. And people are going to pick at his stats because he does have a lot of sacks against inferior competition. But, I mean, this guy was getting pressure on the quarterback like crazy as a freshman, as a sophomore. He's gotten bigger, more physical. He's he's really got a chance to be a special player. But it's not now he's not a lock. You know, you'd like to see he there's still some issues and some areas where he needs to work on, including his hand usage. Because you can't just out athlete everyone in the NFL. It's it's just mm. not gonna work that way. Who do you think or, or where do you think Deshaun Kaiser, who today kinda 
some news was made with John Lynch that he, you know, he blew the doors off the interview. And he sounds like, you know, <laughs> from what I know, that he's going to be that sort of guy that once you get him in front of team, they're all going to kind of fall in love with him. Well, he needs to blow the doors off of completion percentages, too, mm. because those doors have been firmly closed on him uh, based <laughs> on what I saw this year. It was, it was a disappointing year for Kaiser to me. I thought he had all kinds of potential. He's got great NFL size. I think he looks like Steve McNair looked when he came out for the Houston uh, Oilers at that time. and uh, But his, his play, it wasn't there. That's not who he was. So he is a guy, though, if, if teams fall in love with a player and they feel like he has an it factor behind the scenes, those guys could get pushed up. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah forever has had Deshaun Kaiser up there pretty high. Now he also, we watched the University of Texas and Notre Dame mm-hmm. game together. DJ was just on cloud nine because that was his upset special Heisman Trophy winner. Ooh. So Kaiser comes out with five touchdowns in the first game. Mm, it's flying. And he's like, I, I told you, I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> wow. And so I feel like maybe DJ is a little bit on. biased. Are you sensing what I'm sensing here? That, that you know, there's been some heat between Move the Sticks and, and our podcast yeah. that it's that it's shared here by Lance. More heat for yeah. Daniel Jeremiah. Daniel's going to take shot. He, he takes shots. I don't want to say this, but listen. Yeah, go ahead. So we're in the press box up in Austin. And I, I'll never forget this. He turns to me. He goes, hey, you listen to uh, Around the League? And I'm like, uh, ATL? Yeah. I said, well, yeah, of course I do. And he's like, why? And I said, well, I mean, why would I not? And he just said, I mean, I'm just asking. I mean, do, do you get anything from it? And I said, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's snappy. I said it's quirky. It's It's, it's got fun. some fun tidbits and, and bits of information and some pop culture references. Well, damn, he's like, praise there, but keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I mean, it's, I it's said, like I'm not learning anything about football. I Don't said, get me wrong, DJ. I said, you know, I, I listen to it on long cross-country trips. And, uh, <laughs> and Daniel said, and I'll never forget this, he said to me, you know, Books on tape also are good to listen to. <laughs> and I just and from there I was just like I all I thought was there must be something here. Wow. Right. You know what? Now that I have this story, uh Sid, yeah. uh, uh I need to that's it. I'm gonna do it. I declare vengeance on Daniel Jeremiah. Uh, how long ago was this? Uh early September. But he reiterated in October, like, you're wow. still not. It was a text exchange. Like, you're not listening. Right? I was like, no, I switched. This is to, great. I said I switched to books on tape, but I really didn't. It's so much, it's we so really much, are in his head now. It's yeah. so much more real learn. now that we yeah. have a story that doesn't involve us, that it's it's really yeah. in his mind no, it's, at all times. It's there. It's there. It's um, all right. We wish we had more time uh, with Mr. Zierlein because he is, again, uh, one of the top draft minds, I like to say, yeah. and one of Houston's native sons. Yes. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Check out all stuff at NFL.com. He's also on Sports Talk 790 in Houston. We actually did our podcast at the Super Bowl from the very place. From your computer. Lance does it's his magic. work. Yeah, it's locked. i got to keep a <laughs> password on there. It smelled glorious in there. It smelled like greatness. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Lance, thank you for stopping by. And, uh, you know, DJ, listen. DJ. Bury the hatchet, guys. I yeah. Mean, it's uncomfortable we're being all, in the middle of this. We're all friends. It's we're a tough situation, and, and yeah. thank you for giving us a little more insight yeah, on it's what no we're problem. up against here. It's no problem. We've got to have Lance back on throughout yeah. the draft season. Absolutely. We need, we need the help. I'm Lance, here, yeah. please come back on. That's, uh, that's it for uh, today's show. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you so many, so many uh, luminaries on today's show. Kevin Patrick, Connor Orr, uh, Wes and Seth Kissing Cousins. Uh, and, of course, the great Lance Zierlein. We will be back three shows next week uh, as free agency is upon us, so make sure you check that out. Until then, this is Dan Hansen signing off. For all those great men I just mentioned, Greg, 
Mm -hmm. It's time to go home. Let's do it. Let's go home. All right. We're out of here. Till Monday. All right, I know Dan just mentioned that the show was ending, but it is not ending because Wes and I, we got kind of squeezed into the back end of that show. We're not going it, out like that. Not at all. We, we deserve our, the two of us certainly deserve more time on any episode of the Around the NFL podcast, but we thought that we would do something special and bring on not only someone who listens to every episode of the Around the NFL podcast, but someone who has her own show on NFL Network. That's Good Morning Football, Monday through Friday. Kay Adams is with us. How are you doing, Kay? <laughs> First time appearance on this show. Now, is it true? Do you actually listen to the show? Or you, don't have to, you don't have to just be nice. Oh, my God. I love the show. I love that you're like a, a love-scorned Browns fan. You understand my Chicago Bears dilemma. We've got hands in the Jets. I want to go have a beer with Sessler in Manhattan Beach, California. Of course I listen. Bingo. Well, what we thought we could see initially, we thought we would bring you on and talk combine and stuff. But again, we were Wes and I. This is a slight, and we're very upset. We were squeezed into a minor portion of the program. So, uh. what we're going to do with you is we're going to ask twelve questions, and they're not all. You know, some of them are. They're going to be all over the map. You can answer them any way that you want. Okay. Shall we get going? Deal. Don't ask me about like hip swivel and vert. But okay. These are basically questions that are based on your opinion. So you, you'll, oh, okay. I think you'll be all right here. All right. Let's do it, guys. Let's get to know Kay Adams of Good Morning Football. Let's kick it off. All right. Let's start here. Favorite cocktail? Um, I would say Tito's, vodka, and water, two lines. Wow. Ooh, you get along with Dan Hanses. That's Dan's drink, Tito's and vodka. That's, Zeus, sir. Love it. That's a good answer. Okay. How about this favorite month of the year? April, my birthday. All right. How about this? Yes or no? Aliens exist. Oh man, uh, no, no. I never even thought about it. ET scares me, so I hope no. All right, <laughs> that's good. Now your name K, essentially, it's you know spelled K A Y, but some people could say it's just sort of a letter. What would you, if you had to pick a different letter <laughs> to be your name, like B Adams or H Adams? What letter would you would you pick? Um, I would pick. L, because it would be the same thing. I could do E-L-L-E, E-L. There's the L train. There's the L line here in New York. Lots of L's. Let's go with L. Very logical. I like that. Do you trust the Central Intelligence Agency? <laughs> um, no. Another logical <laughs> answer. You Good answer. These are questions. I have no idea what you're asking me. Go ahead. We're halfway through. We're almost okay. out of the woods here. Let's say that you committed a major crime and had to hide away for, you know, roughly 10 years in a foreign country. You cannot leave that country under any circumstance. What country would you pick? Italy, specifically Florence. Find me camped out under the Duomo. That's good. Good place for criminals. Uh, how about this? <laughs> and More, great pizza. A great pizza, too. More attractive Chris Wessling or Greg Rosenthal? Uh, Mark Sessler. Like that answer? <laughs> You're doing excellent so far. You can only eat one food for the next year. You can pick, colon, hard-boiled eggs heavily dipped in mayonnaise or beef jerky, Ooh. the only food that you can eat for the next year. Oh, my God. I've never, I don't know that I've ever had actual mayonnaise. In that, I've never had either of those. Well, this would be a I've new adventure. I've never tried beef jerky. What does beef jerky taste like? They're doing great it things with disgusting. beef jerky these days. Wes, you're no, a beef jerky guy. 
It looks disgusting. And then you go to the gas station and you sometimes see one that's like wrapped in like a, a like a green cheese thing. And you're like, why isn't this refrigerated? How is this allowed to be out here? It's it's slightly overrated. I had plenty of beef jerky during my time in Georgia. And it, it's just dried out meat, which, I mean, we're not Eskimos. What are we doing here? Well, why are you putting mayonnaise on my hard-boiled eggs? I start my every day with hard-boiled eggs. How can you be giving me that option? Well, because it I'm seemed take, too I'm easy. Gonna ha- you're going to serve it to me with mayonnaise, and I'm going to be like the five-year-old who's taking it off on the plate and removing all of it, and then I'll eat it. All right. Well, I think with that, I mean, I don't think that I'll be serving it to you day after day okay. necessarily. You're going to have to also food prepare That's, yourself. But so it. you can you can got add it. as much or little mayonnaise as you want. Hard-boiled eggs. Bingo. I'll answer. How about this? You have to own either 10 dogs or 10 cats. 10 dogs, cats, oof. Yeah, I don't trust cats. I don't trust people. I don't trust you that me more than E.T. did. Yeah, I don't, tr- <laughs> I don't trust men that own cats, but we, I, I, in general, cats are very suspicious. Uh, Luke Skywalker or Han Solo? Um, I hate, come on. Luke Skywalker is whiny. He's insufferable. Han Solo. All right. That's wow, good answer. That, that's, that's fair. Uh, in your next life, you can be either Kyle Brandt or Peter Schrager. Who do you pick and why? Oh, my God. Nate Burleson. That's my answer. I'm not picking either of those guys. They can have each other. I'm going with Nate. You, you've, you've dodged this one well. And our last mm-hmm. question, you know, you've been on the earth for a while. Who would you consider to be your hero? I've been on the air for a, my hero is my sister. Well, your it's sister. Do with my career. I like that. Okay. Uh, well, that's we'll we'll have you on for a bona fide real segment in the middle of a podcast uh, later on this off season if you if you'd Sounds be willing. Good. They were just they were just opening for we 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 were the opening act. They were you know they they were warming us up for that moment. That's that's how I feel. It was a seventy five minute build up to this, and uh, we thank the listeners for sticking around. What a payoff! <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, thank you. Thanks, Come Kay. Visit us in New York. Absolutely. Farewell. Bye. God. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.